In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B. And today, you know, I want to start off by paying homage to our elders, our OGs, the matriarchs and patriarchs uh, of our community that have just um, deposited tremendous things in us, paved, paved the way for us. You know, there really is merit to the saying that we literally are standing on the backs and successes of giants. We get to stand on their shoulders and that's why we're able to see further and that's why we're able to go further because of what they've done. In a sense, we're indebted to them. We ought to become um, our greatest version of ourselves and reach our fullest potential because of the sacrifices that were made for us. No person is literally self-made. We are the sum total of all those who have subsidized our success through their influence and their contribution contribution. So I, I want to give a shout out to them and I really want to get into this. But first, y'all know how I do. I got to hit y'all with the ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. All right, so let me give you the backstory. What had happened in the um, today's episode, you know, is or was inspired by my realization that at the time of this show, writing and publishing, I'm knocking on 40 years. I'm not quite there, but I'm knocking on it. You know, I'm an 80s baby. And uh, y'all, I'm entering into that next phase of life. And one of the things that I've, you know, kind of been enraptured with is making peace with some of the beliefs and the mistakes that I made in the first half of my life. You know, no real regrets, making peace with it and then just taking notes and making sure that I learn from it and that I leverage it. And, 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 you know, go much further. And just to keep it 100 with you, one of those mistakes was how harsh or how dismissive I was, not not literally or not outwardly, not conspicuously, but in maybe some of my thought processes towards my elders, whether it be parents, pastors, teachers or, you know, our elders in the community or in a religious uh, environment, you know, whatever the case may be. And that deception and that uh, hubris, if you will, um, that is so characteristic of young fledglings is just, you know, now that I'm in this stage, it's kind of it's, it's really reprehensible. You know, I cringe and I lament to think about how I sat in the company of such tremendous elders who are the embodiment of so much wisdom and history. Now, history that I didn't cherish at the moment, you know, because I didn't know 
how much false history I was given. So I didn't know the real gems that they were that I had access to. You know, they were the embodiment of trials and 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 their bodies kind of their bodies told the story, you know, the, of the life that they went through and things that they experienced. I mean, their bodies carried the story. Their body told the story, you know, and I didn't have ears to hear when I was in their presence. You know, I didn't have eyes to see and perceive the intrinsic value that they just embodied just by having existed for so long. I mean, something there's there's something to be said for just longevity. You had to do something. You had to figure something out for you to have made 70, 80, 60, you know, I mean, shoot, not even to short you for you to make 20 and 30. You had to have figured something out, but for to have gone through so much, you know, and especially in such an intense climate, you know, um, it's just it's just amazing. It's just amazing because, you know, while my life has a lot of comforts, the older I get, the more sober I become and realize that life life, y'all is inherently intrinsically hard. It's a fight. Trouble. I mean, relational, economical, physical trouble or challenge, etc. is just a part of it. It's no escaping challenge, right? Only time, only way you can ex escape challenge, and this is not my recommendation, is in death. <laughs> uh, and to add to that dysfunction that is prevalent in every family, you know, that's also something to wrestle with. So whatever there's a spectrum, there's a measure that every family has to deal with. These are all challenges that come with just the human existence. And if somebody's acting like their family is the exception to the rule and they don't have any level of dysfunction, they lie. And that's proof positive <laughs> of their dysfunction. <laughs> One of my partners uh, out in Colorado, I believe it was uh, Justin Knapp. Um, he said something that stuck with me. I believe it was him. He said, never meet your heroes. We were talking, I forget what we were talking about and I'm not really sure of the context, but that stuck with me. And uh, that's just so real because once you meet your heroes, the people that you've put on the pedestal or that other people have put on the pedestal and kind of told you to look up towards them. Uh, once you meet them, you may not be mature enough to handle their humanity. You know, it may be so underwhelming that it just ruins everything for you. Meeting them in the flesh, seeing them spoils the fantasy and strips them of their uh, superpowers, if you will. You know, actually, you discover that they never had superpowers to begin with. You know, um, you just have the reason why you thought they had superpowers is because you only saw them from afar or you only saw them in controlled environments, or you only saw them uh, for short spurts and short, small increments of, of time. And you only operated or interfaced with them as they were operating from their strengths. I see this happening. Uh, you know, you guys know about my, um, my, the religious context I grew up in. So um, it just happens a lot in church. People uh, impute um, expertise to, you know, their pastors, if you will, uh, thinking that because they're good orators or because they have a good handle on, um, you know, the wisdom that comes from this particular book, that they have wisdom <laughs> that, uh, that that applies to mechanical issues, financial issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, because you've been you've only seen them operating their strengths or you've only seen them on Sundays. You've only seen them for a two hour session. Of course, you think they're a superhero. But they go to the bathroom like you. They put on their shoes, you know, <laughs> the same way you do. They put on their pants one leg at a time, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm saying this having also been a pastor, right? So no, no shade to people that are pastors now. I'm just saying this is a mistake we make. And I'm using pastors because that's just, one, my experience. And that's just a, a reference that is so common that I think people can connect the dots. You know, this makes me think about 
uh, a passage referring to uh, Moses. You know, um, in the New Testament, there's the writer Paul. Right. And so he was writing a letter to uh, the people, some people in Corinthians. And you can find this in um, Corinthians chapter three. I believe it's around 13. But he says something like we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. And that's a reference to um, Exodus chapter 34, 33. So it's connecting the dots. What Paul is saying in Corinthians three is hearkening back to what happened in Exodus chapter 34 verse 33, which said Moses would speak to the people, but he would put a veil over his face lest they see the glory fading away. And I think we need to extend the same grace and space to leaders that we would want lest they be held hostage to an image that we're projecting onto them. We're projecting perfection onto them. Now, some some of them uh, are a little disingenuous and they hype themselves up and present themselves as as uh, being perfect. And even that is like a cycle, like which one came first? You know, was it the expectation of the people? So they feel like they have to present this perfect image to have some type of credibility or did they prop themselves up of being perfect? And now the expectation is there, you know, but any, in any case that has to be broken so people can be free enough to progress and free enough to be human and to be relatable. You know, people shouldn't hasten to these platforms. Also, I should be fair to say they shouldn't hasten to these platforms because greater condemnation and scrutiny is just part and parcel with the platform. <laughs> you know, if you sign up for it, just know they're coming for you. If you sign up to be a celebrity, just know they're coming for you. I'm not saying they should, but I'm just saying you should expect that it's just going to it's going to be a part of it. Now, um, I, I also say that because, you know, you can look at these lofty leaders who are so insulated and you know, criticize them for being so inaccessible. You got to go through three personal assistants, one armor bearer, and then make an appointment through the secretary <laughs> to see them right now. You know, I'm, I'm using a little levity, but that's probably somebody's situation. And we could criticize them. Man, why are they so insulated? Why we can't get to them? You know, or we can criticize the culture or adherence adherence to who make it impossible to be human and still be worthy of an opportunity to lead And law. Don't get me started on the ignorance that is cancel culture and how it has made people altogether disposable. We just, we just figure if somebody makes one mistake, we got to cancel the whole person. Can you imagine the type of performance anxiety that people have to operate on now when they have been made to be in a fishbowl under a magnifying glass with everybody looking at them? I just think it's not, it's not realistic and it's definitely not fair. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Fred Talks. Remember, Talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... 
When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. So let me bring it a little closer to home. You know, I remember there was this trip that I was uh, going to, that I was going to make. And on the lowest of keys, I was a, a little bit ambivalent about it because on one hand, I was looking forward to seeing and reuniting, reuniting with, you know, some of my elders, some of the family uh, that I hadn't seen in a decade plus. So, you know, the circumstances weren't ideal, but being able to see them, you know, I figured, okay, man, that's going to be a treat, right? However, I did when I when I became still enough, I did notice a bit of social anxiety beginning to creep in. I had to investigate like, yo, where is this coming from? This ain't really how I get down, you know. And so upon investigating it, I concluded that the anxiety was because here I am a full grown man with a full with a full family. Right. Um, With with full grown bills (laughs) And, and, and corresponding responsibilities. Right. And these people hadn't seen me since I was a child. Or though they may have seen me, you know, when I was a young adult, even then they didn't truly see me as a young adult. They still kind of seeing me within that hierarchical structure. They're seeing me in relationship to them as an adult or they remember when they kind of subconsciously, not intentionally, subconsciously had a way of trying to pigeonhole you to where you where where you were before your maturation, you, be, you know, as a little boy. And so my challenge was that. I wasn't willing to capitulate to the image they tried or would try to arrest me to because I knew that, hey, I am not that person anymore. That was a part of my story. But come on, y'all, you know, I I don't blossom a whole bunch of time has elapsed, you know, and I was concerned that I would have to aggressively enforce my boundaries because I wasn't going to tolerate, you know, willful or unwillful disrespect. I don't think they would have intentionally set out to do that, but I wasn't going to play small. Right. And I was going to, I was going to be my, my full self and bring that or don't come at all. And again, this is all in my head. Nobody said anything to me, right? Nobody told me that this is how it was going to be, but I just had my own assumptions. Right. Um, and so I was like, man, I, I might have to spaz or what I, my, what, what I do to enforce my boundaries may be interpreted as me spazzing. And because the relationships are so important to me, I didn't want to have to work through all that. But I was willing to go nonetheless. I, I, I figured it out. Right. So as a sidebar, though, I know I'm in good company with this because this is the same thing that happened to Jesus. Folks still identified him as Mary's baby or the location that he was born in. And they didn't see who he was presently at that time because they could only see who he was previously. Watch that. They couldn't see him presently because they could only know him uh, according to who he was previously. So familiarity then has a way of breeding contempt. You know, (laughs) Uh, they kept saying, well, didn't he come from that place? Nothing good comes from out of that place. Isn't he so-and-so's baby? No, he can't be doing all of these things that the people are saying that he's doing. He can't be as great as he's even saying, even even what he's saying out of his mouth. We we can't give him that credibility to tell his own story because we know his history. (laughs) 
So here's the thing I want to make clear, though. I was not looking for the validation of these elders. I simply wanted to just enjoy a reciprocal and respectful exchange. And though they were my elders and they were deserving of my respect, I was fully aware that I was equally deserving of respect. And I just like I said, I wasn't willing to play small. So my concern, again, was that they probably would not have the ability to see, acknowledge and respect and even celebrate the adult version of me that they had not had an opportunity to get acquainted with, you know, and I think this is what happens when there's that generational gap. The older generation forgets what it was like to be the younger generation, or there's this chasm in the relationship where each side is not really trying to get an understanding of where um, either side is. And so relate, uh, so relationship comes to a halt, communication stops flowing and that, that's that's what I thought was going on. I thought that, you know, they wouldn't be able to see, acknowledge and respect and celebrate, you know, what was going on in my life. And if they couldn't see who I was and I knew they couldn't acknowledge all that it took to become who I am currently and to respect and even celebrate who I am. Hey, but yo, here's where the plot twist comes in. First of all, a lot of what I imagined would happen, a lot of what I was about to project didn't even happen at all. Nothing close to it. Everything was kosher. So I wasn't giving people enough credit. I was projecting onto them something that I, watch this, I was guilty of. See, it works both ways, that, 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 that gap there. I didn't think they would see or that they saw that I didn't. So I thought if they couldn't see me in the fullness of who I am, they wouldn't acknowledge it. They wouldn't have respected what it took to get there. And they would not have celebrated the arrival of this version of me, right? Or that version of me at that time. But really, because I saw them through my childhood lens, I only saw them as knowledgeable, immutable heroes. I deified them in a sense, because that's what children do, right? Um, which means I never saw them for who they really are. I never allowed um, I never saw them for who they really were. I should say, I never really allowed myself or I should say another way. I've never been allowed to see them as fully human. And because I didn't see them as human, I saw them as these deities or these super like caricatures of people. Um, I didn't make space for it. You know, as kids can be, I was very self-righteous in my estimation of them. Um, I judged like, you know, like, like the heroes, uh, they were supposed to be. I held them to the standard of a superhero and judged them for being less than that superhero or less than perfect instead of appreciating them for the humans that they are and that they were. You know, I didn't I didn't allow myself initially to see their frailty, to see their humanity. Um, but something clicked when I got a chance to hear their stories, you know, and these are the stories that they spared me of during my childhood. Rightfully so. No shade to them. You know, as a child, you can't, you know, a child can't process everything. They don't know the context and you don't want to really rob them of their, their innocence. You want to let them enjoy their childhood. So again, remember like that Moses thing, I'm seeing them like with a veil on their face. Right. And it's not really a problem. It's just the nature of the child parent dynamic or child elder dynamic. They were so much older. I couldn't really appreciate what they were going through or I couldn't really see it. I only saw them in the short intervals. Um, I only saw them operating from their strength and that whole thing ran a whole number on me, y'all. But being able to sit at their feet and hear the stories, you know, it gave me context of who to, to who they were and why they were the way they were. So what I'm saying is it allowed me to see them, to acknowledge them, to respect them and to celebrate them the same way I 
wanted and expected them to do for me. As I wrap this up, y'all, let me just encourage you to take a step back. I'm not asking you to justify everything your parents or your elders, or your OGs have done. They may not have always done right by you, but can you consider why did they make the decisions they made? Where did they come from? What's their story? What was their social and psychological context? Something about becoming a husband has made me see how difficult marriage can be. You know, it's, it's work. Uh, there's rewards. It's, 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 it's really rewarding, but it's a lot of work. Uh, becoming a parent was the only way I could understand my mother a little bit better, my father a little bit better. And there's so much value in trying to stand in the shoes of our elders and seeing it from their perspective. We are the beneficiaries of so much and so many of their sacrifices. And it just so happens that with all of the good, there will also be and there was also some not so good parts that we have to experience as well. But let's give honor where honor is due and let's honor people because we are people of honor. We give we give honor to people irrespective of who they are. We do it because of who we are. What I bring to the table and what I give to someone is not about who they are. It's about what I have in my heart, what I have in my in my conversation, what I embody, you know, and what comes with the whole Fred experience. You see what I'm saying? So I honor people because I'm honorable, whether they're honorable or not. And then I challenge them to come up to a place of honor, if you will. You know, and sometimes that encourages them to rise up to a place of honor. But people don't generally uh, rise to low expectations. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, we're not mirrors we're uh, or reactors. We set the tone. So I'm setting the tone of honor. And truthfully, at the end of the day, as it relates to interpersonal relationships, we all want to be seen for who we are. We want to have our story acknowledged and we want to be given respect. And ultimately, we want to be celebrated. So I'm asking you, just go out and be a good human. Go out and be a person of honor. Give honor and then um, cause people to come up to the level of honor that you, that you're that you're giving out. As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy while you're here. Just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.